Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard, and we have another loaded show for you this week. Plenty to get to with team news, uh, Zegers being sent down to the Gulls, uh, fans coming back to Honda Center, uh, the trade deadline is right around the corner, and plenty of uh, other news as far as injuries and things going on. So we'll get to all that. We'll uh, kind of go like with the same format as before. We'll, we'll talk about some of the games, and we'll talk about the team news, and uh, also a trade that the Ducks made too for Volkov, and we got to see him in action. So we'll uh, catch up on all of that. Uh, so buckle up. It'll be a pretty good long show again. Um, we'll go with the uh, the first couple games that the Ducks played against St. Louis. The Ducks actually did play better in this last uh, week and a half or so since our last show. They took on St. Louis for two games, and they ended up actually winning these two games. Um, they took on St. Louis and beat them in the first one 4-1, to one, and then they ended up pulling off a win in the second one in overtime, which is a, a rare feat that we see, but... Uh, St. Louis hasn't been playing as well, but uh, Eddie, what did you think of these two games? The Ducks were able to win uh, both of them. They also went with the 11 forward, 7 defenseman lineup in these games, which drives us nuts. But uh, what was your take on the, on their uh, two games against uh, the Blues? Well, finally the Ducks take advantage of a struggling team because I know the Blues have been having a lot of issues. Uh, they've been playing some terrible hockey as of late. And usually when teams go and play the Ducks, the Ducks don't take advantage of that. And then they just kind of kind of regain their form on the other team. So it was good the Ducks uh, went ahead and just put their foot on their throat and just rolled over them. Even coming back from behind in that second game. So that was nice to see. Manson with that beautiful backhand in overtime. That was good. Hopefully it boosted up his confidence and he could start getting back to form. Uh, hopefully he's 100% healthy. And we just he could be that Manson player that he that the Ducks desperately need to be and that we want him to be, especially in the physicality department, because that's that's always needed. Yeah, absolutely. That overtime goal by Manson was a beauty, and for them to come back and win uh, was awesome because we haven't seen that as much with this team. I, I liked how they went ahead on St. Louis in the first one. You had goals by uh, Steele and Jones, and then you only had one by Ryan O'Reilly in there, and then you had a couple empty net goals by Raquel and Grant. The Ducks were able to win that one. They actually had Gibson playing this game. You, you know Gibson's kind of been in and out and in and out. Uh, I don't know what's going on with him, but um, he played in this one. He ended up not playing in, in the uh, second game. Um, he ended up going out in the IR, and of course, as you all know, he's back from the IR. Uh, so Stolarz played in that game. And, you know, it was good to see that the Ducks got down in that one by two early, but they were able to rally and come back. We've seen uh, Henrique get a goal. He's been playing better. He and Comtois are now leading the team in goals. So I, I thought it was good, you know, all the way around. I mean, obviously the Ducks aren't, you know, playing dominant. I mean, the first game was really two to one. They got those, like I said, last minute empty net goals. And they did get outshot in both of these games. Um, you know, not kind of bad. And I mean, the faceoffs in the first game weren't so great, but uh, overall, the Ducks were able to pull out two wins um, despite not playing the, the best. But I mean, part of it's also the lineup they had out there. I, you know, I don't know what's going on with Akins and doing this 11 forward, seven defenseman thing, but he did. He decided to do that in these two games, and the Ducks came out with the wins. Uh, I know some people were, were upset because they want that high draft pick, so they want the Ducks not to win. So it's like depends on who you are right now when you're watching this team. Do you do you want them to win, 
or do you want them to lose and, and, and get a higher draft pick? So, uh, I, you know, it was kind of a, I guess, mixed blessings with these two games, depending on your, your opinion or your point of view, Eddie. Yeah, so I was going to ask you on that, what do you want right now? Do you want that high draft pick, or do you still want the Ducks to, to go and try to win as many games as they can? Uh, for me, I think we talked about on some of the other shows. I, I mean, I want them to play competitive, right? And they and I think in these last series of games they did, except for the Colorado one, that one was a, was a complete mess. But I, I think they've played competitive, and I like seeing that. I, I don't want them to necessarily tank on purpose or lose on purpose. But I'm not really that upset when they lose. I, I, I don't know. I just don't. It, I don't know. I'm kind of numb to it now. I don't really. When they lose, like, yeah, okay, you know, whatever. But it's like them and Buffalo battling it out, it seems like, you know, for, for the high draft pick right now. So I'm okay with them uh, playing competitive and, and then and losing in that regard, Eddie, if that's what it takes. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I, I, I kind of want them to lose at this point. I, I just. Buffalo does not deserve uh, another uh, first overall uh, pick. They don't deserve any more superstars. I don't know what the hell is going on with them, but having that first overall pick is not going to help them. They have some other issues that they need to fix to get their team back. They, they have superstars on their team. They're just not performing, and for some reason they, just, they can't get it together over there. I really want the Ducks to get that first overall pick. I want them to start trending up in the right direction. I, I kind of want the Ducks to take these games and the rest of the season kind of just as like preseason or pickup games. I want them to just start working on things they need to work on. They need to get better on the power play, trying out different things, letting some of the players be a little bit more creative and finding their groove. So come next season, they'll have those things worked out and they can build from, from that. Um, now, if I'm watching the game, the Ducks are losing. I, I'm not going to get that upset anymore. And I, I frankly, at some games, I, I kind of want them to play that competitive game and kind of keep the game inter- interesting. But I wouldn't mind if, if they lose and just kind of kind of tank so they can get that first overall pick. I, I think it's important that the Ducks get uh, secure that so we can get a superstar and 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 build off that. We have Zegras that looks great. We have Drysdale that just surprised everyone with superior skating skills, and he looks like he's going to be a, a star defenseman. So if we can get another star forward or star defenseman from the draft with the first overall pick, so be it. It's just going to boost the Ducks up more, and we can build off that, and we can build a, that that team, that competitive team again, so we can be competing for a Stanley Cup each and every season and not just kind of hit or miss or, or let's go retool again or all these little cute words. So at this point, I wouldn't mind. But like you said, yeah, I don't want the players to go out there just intentionally just go out there just to suck to suck. Like Detroit was accused of doing last season. I still want them to go out there and work on things that they can better themselves and the team come next season. I agree, a hundred percent. If they're going to play competitive and lose the games, I'm fine with that. I, I'm not going to get that upset. I mean, I've kind of stopped getting upset, if you will, um, at, at these. And I know, like we talked about before in the last show, that some people have, have tuned things out, and I get it. But I, I still want to watch because I want to see the process and see how the young guys do. Of course, a little bit of that change. We found out some news right before the show about Zegers, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, which obviously caused a big commotion amongst all the Ducks fans um, with you know how you feel about that, and we'll dive into it. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was fine with these two games against St. Louis. I was actually fine with the two games against Arizona, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, where they, you know, they lost, but they weren't terrible. But the game against Colorado in between these was the one that, that kind of upset me. Um, I know Colorado is just on fire. I know you're happy to, to be able to watch someone come to the playoffs because Colorado is, is going to be on the top of the West 
If not first, they're going to be up there. They're going to be exciting to watch. Um, but the game that the Ducks played against them uh, was just stupidly horrible. This was probably one of the worst games uh, probably since the last time they played Colorado. I mean, th- that one they actually had that 4-2 lead and then got blown out and lost 8-4. But uh, this one... It wasn't terrible in the beginning. I mean, Colorado scored first. We saw Heinen actually get to play, and we'll actually talk about him a little bit more in the show as well. And, and he got a goal. So, uh, you know, things were kind of okay in the beginning. Then Colorado started to pull away in the, in the second period, and then, you know, they ended up winning this game 5-2. Uh, to two. But, um, I mean, it's just crazy. They outshot the Ducks 48-15 to 15 in this game. I mean, it's just, you can't, you can't do that. That was the most shots the Ducks had given up this season. Um, you know, in the second period alone, they were outshot 22-2-2. And I mean, it's just like, what is going on? It's just terrible. I, I mean, the way that this was going. And again, this was all in the middle of uh, some stuff with Zegras too. Remember, um, Coach Akins didn't think he played that well in that first game against St. Louis. So he doesn't play in the second game. And then this Colorado game is right after that. He doesn't play in this game. And then he also goes again with the 11 forward, 7 defenseman thing. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? You're playing back-to-back games here. You have St. Louis, and then you're going and playing not only back-to-back, but this Colorado game is in Colorado with the higher elevation. And he does this. And we've seen him do, I just, I don't know. That just, when I saw that lineup to begin the game, I was just like, okay, you're not playing Zegers again, and you're doing this lineup. I'm like, we're screwed. I already knew going to the game against Colorado, the Ducks were going to lose. I usually don't like to say that, but I could already tell because the optimal lineup wasn't being put out there. And uh, it just the only thing that really saved the Ducks somewhat was Miller. I mean, Miller didn't have the best game, but I mean, the Ducks could have given up eight goals again to Colorado in this contest. They ended up losing five to two. But and again, it wasn't a great game. Obviously, it wasn't even a decent game, but it could have been a hell of a lot worse. But it also could have been better if we would have had a decent lineup, Eddie. Yeah, that first period was kind of uh, kind of shaky for Colorado. It, it seemed like the Ducks were going to pull another fast one on them and get a win. Uh, the, like I said before, Colorado seems to have some issues with the Ducks, and I have no idea why, but they're absolutely on fire. They're just steamrolling through through teams, uh, shot up at first place in the whole entire league at one point. They might be tied for second now, but it, it was crazy. That, that first period was kind of even a little bit. You saw the Ducks playing well, and then Colorado came back and just turned up the heat more, and it seems like Colorado was just kind of just playing around that first period, and they really came down to business in that second, and especially that second and third period. I did feel bad for, for Miller. I think he got kind of hung out to dry, but it was kind of a, a pathetic game for the Ducks. It was really bad. Heinen's, I guess his ceiling is a little higher with that goal, so hopefully he starts getting starts getting a few more goals, gets inserted into the lineup regularly, doesn't get hurt, so like he can just increase his trade value. But yeah, that, that was pretty bad. And like I said, I do want the Ducks to, to lose and to get that high high draft pick. But like I, I want them to still be in games. This one just completely seems like everyone on the team besides Terry gave up and Miller. And for some reason, Terry has really good luck and he plays his best playing at that higher elevation. Yeah, I know he's from Colorado and he went to DU and played over there. So I think that's the advantage that he has. But he, he, he looks really good every time he plays against Colorado in Colorado. So that was the only kind of bright spot in that game. But yeah, it was, it was overall, it was a really, really bad game. And I, I know a lot of people, when they watched that, they're probably wishing they hadn't. Like, I, you know, it's just weird. I, I didn't watch it live. I went back and even knowing how bad the game was and having to watch this one on replay. And, and that kind of bothers me too, knowing you're going to watch a team get beat that much. But it was good to see Colorado 
get that win and really dominate against the Ducks. Who's like they had issues before in the past. So, yeah, Colorado, man. I mean, that's a team to watch come to playoffs for sure. Uh, they've just been on fire. Uh, man, it's just wish the Ducks were like that. But hey, I mean, that, that's just the way it's going right now. The Ducks have been going down. Colorado's just been ripping through teams like you talked about. And, you know, the Ducks did, uh, before these games, they did uh, make a trade. And they ended up getting uh, Alexander Volkov from Tampa Bay. They sent uh, Antoine Moran and a, a conditional 2023 seventh round pick to Tampa Bay. But he couldn't play in these games yet because the COVID protocols and he had to, you know, uh, come from Tampa Bay over here and all that kind of stuff. But he did get to play in these next two games against Arizona. The the Ducks, um, you know, started off with a goal from him in that first game against Arizona. And then they kept battling. They, they had the lead twice in there. You had Silverberg get a goal as well. And then uh, Arizona was able to rally in the third period and win. And then you had the Ducks in the second game. Looked like they were going to win. They had a one-goal lead late. And, and of course, they, they give up the tying goal and then a goal in overtime. So they end up dropping both of these games to Arizona. I, I Again, I still thought they were decent games. Uh, of course, you know we can't expect the Ducks to play well, unfortunately. That's just not in the cards for us. But I didn't think they played poorly in, in these games. I, I really thought that they could have pulled off... Um, you know, some wins here. There were some really weird bounces too in that first game um, against Arizona. You had uh, Volkov kind of scoring twice, right? Because uh, Kessel tried to uh, make a, a pass in the slot and ended up going off Volkov. He crashed into the net and then the puck crossed the goal line before the net came off, so it counted. And then you had that weird bounce in the corner um, that basically gave Arizona a breakaway goal. So weird, weird stuff going on in that game. But I, I felt the Ducks could have at least got overtime in game one. They probably should have won game two. Um, you know, Volkov coming in, adding some offense right away. But um, what did you think in these games and of Volkov so far, Eddie? Well, the games weren't too bad. That first game just had those weird bounces and those strange things. On the second game, it was it was it wasn't a bad game. Yeah, they did lose, but it's just like I I had the recap for this game, and usually I put you know my good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything I saw. And there wasn't anything ugly about this game. The Ducks played well. It seemed like they they worked on things that needed to be done, and they played a nice, sound game. They're playing a desperate team that's that's fighting to be in a playoff spot. So the Ducks just kind of came into these games with no pressure, and the pressure was all on Arizona. It's unfortunately that they get they, they did get that overtime win on the second game because I thought the Ducks should have had that game and they, they controlled most of the game and were kind of going in circles at times against Arizona but Arizona came back and kind of dominated the second half of the hockey game and, and took that win but overall these ones weren't really that bad where you're gonna be like that pissed off if they they they, they lost because they played well everything you wanted to expect from the Ducks you got you got Gibson back uh, unfortunately he loses with that black helmet that was the first time he got beaten with that black helmet but but overall it was it wasn't that bad of a game I think the highlight for me was a uh, Carrick getting that recall coming in and he, he gets a goal uh, assist by Zegris and he he, he throws uh, drops the gloves and fights uh, Hayden tried to fight I think Delorier tried to fight Hayden but Hayden want no part of Delorier but ends up trying to fight Carrick so that was it was an okay scrap they lost their balance they went down but it wasn't that bad I don't know how I feel about this trade and Volkov yet I just nothing really stood out to me yeah he scored in his first game it was kind of a, a lucky bounce and fluke goal as it may 
Uh, just like I said, go to the front of the net. Good things will happen, and, and that really happened for him. So I'm still on the fence about it. I, I called a trade. You know, I think we both called the trade. Uh, Murray's kind of style of trade coming on our last podcast for the next few weeks when we recorded that one. And, of course, this trade comes up and it happens. So I, I just I don't know what to think about this yet. I don't know how it's going to really uh, help the Ducks long term or if it's more of one of those future consideration things that they owe Tampa Bay or something. I have no idea. We have to wait and see. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully he just lights it up and he's at that maybe a top six forward. But I, I didn't really see anything too special about him where it's going to be like like something that jumps out of paper where I, I can actually have an opinion on who won the trade or who didn't win the trade. Yeah, I was cracking up too. Like you said on the last show, we were talking about how usually Murray will try to pull some trade you know, before the deadline. Sometimes they'll do one. And this was a typical uh, Murray trade. I, I didn't really... I don't really have an opinion about this trade one way or another. Uh, Moran wasn't ready to be NHL ready like now. You know, he's a little bit further out. So they wanted Volkov, who has been playing in the NHL. But Volkov's been more of a bottom six type forward, not really a top six. Um, you know, he averaged just under 10 minutes a game with Tampa Bay. Uh, kind of limited role, so it's kind of hard to really evaluate uh, his impact. And it, just like you said, it's, it's been a couple games. Okay, he's got a goal. Um, you know, and then that unfortunate play with Kessel and the other one. Um, so I, I don't really have a lot to say about it. I mean, his uh, his puck possession numbers aren't the greatest. Um, you know, he's in the low 40s, which which is not good. We've talked about that before, right? When you have a player, um, when you're looking at his numbers and you want to see, uh, you know, the chances of your team scoring is versus the other team, you, you want to be at a higher than 50%, and he's in the low uh, 40s. So that's not good. <laughs> I mean, to say the least, I mean, not saying that some of the other guys on the ducks aren't in, in good puck possession numbers either, but um, I just felt like this trade was like, okay, I mean, he's going to try and help the team now. Uh, but you know, and I, I the seventh round pick, not a big deal. I mean, it's 2023, not, you know, that's kind of a far way away. Tampa Bay might trade that pick who knows what's going to happen. Uh, there, so I, you know, I just don't really have a, a big opinion on it. I mean, I'm glad to see him get a goal if he can give some added offense to the Ducks. At, at you know, from here to the end of the season, that's great. He's also going to be a, a RFA um, as well when his, his contract expires. So that's good. The Ducks on his rights to um, give them some leeway and things that they can do. But um, yeah, I'll just kind of see what happens the rest of the season. I, I, I just still see him being in a bottom six role. Um, unfortunately, but uh, a little small trade uh, before you know the trade deadline comes up, and we'll go into that in a little bit. But um, what did you think uh, about uh, that Silverberg goal? I thought that was kind of interesting, Eddie. In this in this mix of, of things that was going on in these two games, too, um, he had that puck come down. He turned his ankle, and the puck went in, and they actually counted it. I was kind of surprised because in the past we've always complained about. You know, those distinct kicking motion goals. And usually they go against the Ducks. And I was really shocked that they gave this one to Silverberg. I don't know if they did. I don't know if they felt sorry for him or or whatnot. I didn't think it was going to be a goal, especially knowing how the Ducks don't have a good track record with things like that. Uh, it's one of those bounces that went the Ducks' way. Should have counted. Who knows? Like Maybe it shouldn't have. Maybe it shouldn't have. But it's good to see Silverberg getting the board. He's really been kind of underplaying this season especially for his contract it's going to make it hard uh, if he's he's part of the list of any trade bait to trade him because his value is not too high so um i don't know hopefully he gets you know the feel of scoring again and it comes back and 
either he increases his trade value or he could be left exposed and the Kraken can pick him up and get that, that contract off our books so we can have a little bit more play money to get someone else. But if we can get him going again, keep him, he gets his confidence up, come next season he starts firing that puck in the back of the net again, and that, that's only going to be all good things for the Ducks. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I thought it was actually a, a good goal based upon the definition when you're looking at that because it wasn't a distinct kicking motion he turned his foot he didn't like actually like kick right but uh still an iffy call uh i mean it didn't matter the game the ducks lost anyways so i i mean because we've seen those before i remember solani had one and they took it away and it was a very similar play and I, and I remember he was pissed i mean you know when does solani not get mad when something like that happens but you, you know it's just one of those that was just kind of kind of questionable um so i was surprised it went the ducks way even though they lost the game but uh, the other big part, really, I mean, kind of going into the, the team news, we got some stuff that um, we just heard recently about Zegras, um, stuff during these games. And, and now we've heard that the GM came out and they're actually going to send Zegras down to the goals. They want him to get um, you know more games in at playing center as opposed to wing, which that caused all kinds of commotion on, on social media. And then before that, uh, with him being, uh, you know, sitting out some of these games, you know, going to the taxi squad and whatnot. Um, they actually had this on one of the pregame shows when they were talking about his situation, um, you know, uh, talking about uh, the St. Louis game and the Colorado game when, when he wasn't playing. And they were talking about um, basically his um, UFA status and talking about how many games he would play. And, and this got people going too. They're talking about accrued seasons and basically um, where he's at now with the number of games. If he was to stay on the roster and, and be with the team uh, the rest of the season, he would go over uh, the limit, which normally each season it's 40 games. But because it's a shortened season, it's 27 games that he would be on the roster to count um, as an accrued season. And what this all means, the, the issue is basically you become an unrestricted free agent um, either when you're uh, 27 years of age um, at at June 30th of that year or you've played through seven accrued seasons Uh, so 70 seasons of uh, excuse me seven seasons of where you've uh, had those 40 games on the roster Um, I just thought this was really bizarre uh, in this part of this, this discussion because it's so far out there He's in his entry-level contract. Yes, he burned the first year. Um, I, I understand they're trying to save that one year of eligibility. I get that part by Murray. But then the other part of this, too, is, I mean, he's going to get resigned. I would think, right, when his uh, entry-level contract ends. So if they re-sign him up to that 2027-28 season or, or uh, beyond, then this isn't really going to matter. So... To me, it was kind of weird why they did that, Eddie. I don't understand um, why they're so concerned about that. Plus, I mean, we're in 2021. You know, we're talking six, seven years in the future. I, I mean, and I mentioned this in the article I wrote, if you guys read it. I, I mean, I think the point is going to be mute anyways because um, he's going to get another contract. I, I mean, unless something crazy happens. So I, that part I don't really understand. And then um, we can talk about the whole thing with the goals. But uh it's going to be weird what's going to happen with him now because he's going to be down with the goals and they're saying he's coming back up. So he's going to kind of get yo-yoed here at the end of the season. And I, I don't really like that either, Eddie. Yeah, it's just weird. It's just, 
Hopefully that's, you know, who knows, that six, seven years, Murray's probably going to still be the GM of the Ducks and we're still going to be complaining about this. <laughs> who really knows? But it's it's, it's, a, it's a weird situation. And I think, like I said before, they should have just kept him down. Let him play those few games. Let him you know, send him back down before that, that one year was burned off his entry-level contract. This, it didn't really make sense to keep him up. Yeah, he, he played well. He deserves to be in NHL, but... There's a lot of things that he can work on with more time, and and the roster management was a problem for me too. But now they're sending him back down to transition to the center. Like you should have done that before. Uh, he could have been playing those minutes, those times he spent on the taxi squad or scratched games. He could have been eating tons of minutes over there in San Diego. Now he's just gonna go back uh, for nothing he did wrong. It just seems like it's just a poor roster management that they're doing with him and. It, I, I'm sure he can't be happy about the situation. And like you said, he, the perfect term was going to be yo-yoed. They're going to send him back down, bring him up a few games. The duck season is going to end. Then he has to go back to San Diego and, and finish up their season. So it's just, it's, I guess, more annoyance and stuff. And it's just another reason to dislike Bob Murray and piss off the Anaheim Ducks fans. And they're doing a good job of doing that this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the the point of, hey, he came up, you played him at a wing position, Wing position isn't as uh, stressful uh, to develop, right? Because you're not dealing with the face-offs, especially in the defensive zone. You're, you're not being called upon that role as much. You're, you're more concerned uh, about scoring and breaking out in the transition, doing those kinds of things. I mean, you do them at center too, but you don't have that added pressure. So I, I get the idea of wanting to send him back down, get him more into that winger, um, excuse me, uh, from the winger to the, the center position, plus it's more valuable to have players. We've seen this all the time when you have them and they can play center and wing. Um, it ups their value all the time. I mean, that's just a given. If somebody can play all the forward positions, then I mean that adds to their overall game. For me, the issue is the timing because the goal season goes past the Ducks season. The way this is set up now is he will be down with the goals. They bring him up. To the Ducks, which it's what it sounds like according to Bob Murray's statement today um, that he said, because he said, uh, and I'll read it to you real quick. He said, "Quote: Our goal is to help Trevor transition more smoothly into the NHL, so we started him out at the wing. He's ahead of our scheduled uh, progression, and as a result, we're moving him to center ice effective immediately. He will need some experience in the AHL first before, or excuse me, but our expectation is that he will be back with us in the near future and play center for the Ducks years to come." He said near future in that statement, so that means to me he's coming back for some of the games before the end of the season. Now, another wrinkle in this thing is that the Ducks are going to have fans at their last five home games, So, and that's not going to be coming for about a week and a half, two weeks from now. So are they going to send him down and then bring him up when they're going to have those home games? I'm wondering if that's part of the equation too. Uh, I mean, maybe it's completely irrelevant, but th- that's another thing to consider. And then if he does that and he goes back down to San Diego, I just, to me, I think it's too much. I, I think, like I said in the article, I think he should have played out those games that he needed to and then just send him down to the goals. If they're worried about that 27 you know, uh, game uh, roster day limit, then fine. Uh, cut him off at 26, right? Send him back down. Have him finish it out there. Uh, personally, for me, I don't really care about that. I, I Like I said, I think it's going to be irrelevant later on. I would just have him stay up and play with the Ducks the rest of the way. But 
if they're going to send him down and do this, then I'd rather them just keep him down there. Then why, why, why bounce him back and forth? I just don't think it's healthy. I, I really don't. Um, I, I think it's a good point to get him to play all those positions like we talked about. But I just don't like this timing, Eddie. I, I just think it's kind of kind of going to be awkward to see him up. And if it's and if they're only bringing him up towards the end of the season because there's going to be fans at Honda Center, I mean that's that's kind of a BS reason too. So I'm really curious how this is going to play out at the end. And then in terms of Drysdale, if you're wondering about him, none of this affects him at all because the Ducks brought him up with 26 games left to go. So even if Drysdale's on the roster. For the last 26 games, this it won't affect him. And I mean, that sounds like it was obviously planned. So th- that doesn't, uh, you know, concern him at all. Um, but the Zegers thing is going to be something to watch. I mean, and I think they're a little bit different too, Eddie. I'm still sticking by what I said. I think Drysdale is still a more complete and ready player. So I, 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 that's why I understand Murray wanted to transition him into the center position. But I just don't like this back and forth between the goals and the Ducks. Yeah, it kind of reminds you of uh, Bobby Ryan. Uh, he had good seasons, and he just sh- shot back down to the to the minors, and then brought back up, shot back down. It just didn't make any sense. It seemed like they didn't really properly uh, maintain that. He should have just stood up with the Ducks, but that's that's way beyond over there. I'm getting back into the past, Ducks. Let's not talk about that. Bring suppressed memories. But <laughs> I, I don't know. I like my whole thought process on it. If you want to transition in the center, why not give him a couple games in the NHL so he can get that feel and experience for it? And we can all see what he what it takes to be an NHL centerman. He can bring that back down when they send him to San Diego. and He can work on those, work on the stuff he needs to get done. Uh, we can, uh, the Ducks management, the scouting team, they can figure out what his weak spots are at center at the NHL level and then have him work on that at San Diego level when it's a little little bit slower than the NHL level. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, you want to trans, uh, you want to just make this transformation. Let's not even give him a little taste, uh, like a couple games, two or three games at the fully center, but let's just send him back down. Especially how weird the roster and the lineups have been. I'm surprised you haven't seen Delorier playing goalie or something. Who who knows? It's some of these roster, like these lineups have been kind of weird. So I I don't know. They should have just, in my opinion, they should have just tried him out a few games at the NHL level and kind of get that feel and he can work on everything else at San Diego level instead of just right away transitioning to at in San Diego and he's going to come up and maybe get things. I don't know. It's just weird. I, I'm really confused on some of the, the roster management decisions that's been happening this season. It just, just like a lot of other Ducks fans are confused. They have no idea kind of what's going on or, or, or what their thought process is in doing all this. Yeah, I mean, that's been a big problem. You see it, too, and the lineup gets posted on social media and then everybody just has a big WTF and they're going, what is going on with this? Because there's no consistency. Uh, They've had some lines have been kept together and then most of them are changed around. And like we said, that's been a big problem. The other reason why I'm surprised they wouldn't keep him up, as you mentioned, in doing the center thing is you have Getzloff and Steele that are both hurt now. And uh, Steele was added to the IR. Getzloff hasn't been practicing um, you know, we have a lot of injury stuff we'll get to also later in the show. So, I mean, if you want him to play center and you're down to centerman right now, I mean, why not put him in there for a few games until you get back Steele and or Getzloff? I mean, it, it would seem like the perfect time now to have him do that for a little bit and then go back down and maybe finish the season if you're so concerned about this 27, um, you know, game thing and whatnot. But I, I don't know. We're just going to have to watch and see it play out. I guess the one good thing, the silver lining in this, Eddie, is at least we know kind of what's going on. Like, I mean, they actually put out an official statement 
uh, on this because you know one complaint from a lot of people is the lack of transparency with this team you know not knowing what's going on and what direction we're going on um, you know sometimes you'll have those little hot stove meetings with Murray where he'll tell us a lot of stuff which which are great but then the rest of the season we don't hear anything we don't hear anything from him that much we I mean we get Dallas Aikens that's a little press conference things but other than that it's kind of quiet so whether you agree with this decision or not, I am happy. At least the Ducks put it out there and said, hey, this is what we're going to do, and this is our plan. You know, like we talked about in the last show when the Rangers said, hey, we're going to rebuild, right? So, you know, that that's the one thing I do like, Eddie, is that they said something. <laughs> we may not agree with the way it's being handled, but at least we know what the heck they're going to do. Yeah, I don't think they had a choice. They had to say something at this point. If they didn't say anything, they just did that. I, I don't know. It'd be a full-blown riot over there at Honda Center. Like Fans are pissed off. It's like half the fan base can't even watch their team play. And then hearing all this news, it's just going to set them, who knows, man. They probably did it on Anaheim PD's behalf, so they won't have to deal with a rioting crowd at Honda Center. <laughs> but yeah, we'll just I guess we'll have to wait and see. But that was one positive thing. They actually communicated something to the fan base. Because regardless of, 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 you know, some people think it's none of our business or anything like that, but it's still a product. And us as fans, we're going to go and pay for that product. We're going to spend our hard, our hard-earned money on the food, the drinks, watching them when they fully open up next season. And they have that lack of communication. It's just, it's just going to get frustrating. It's just going to, you know, that's part of the reason, you know, why I didn't renew my season tickets because of stuff like that. Uh, just the communication and not through the team news. Mine was more personal, just communication with with some of the stuff they offer for season ticket holders, but it just, they, they have to sell the product and you have to be upfront and communicate with your fan base. And you want them to invest their money, especially in season tickets. That, that, that I think that's a pretty big investment. Like I'm not rich. I'm not a millionaire. So I can't just throw a couple thousand dollars and not, not notice it gone for season tickets. And I think it's important for them as an organization to be open and fully communicate. Yeah, I know a lot of the, the, the crap the Rangers got for saying that rebuild, it was just the wrong time because they were kind of in a playoff. They were just on the cusp of a playoff spot, but then they want to go and say, hey, we're going to rebuild. But yeah, hopefully this uh, transitions to the Ducks being more open and communicative, communicating more to the fan base, hopefully. You know, and what's funny about that is they actually did do that a little bit more. And while we're recording this, I got my email about the Ducks uh, tickets and what's going on. Uh, I have to read this email, but they're for the uh, Orange Alliance members. Uh, this just came in. So if you're listening to the show, check your emails. They're sending out um, information regarding these last five games and how you can get tickets. And uh, I guess I'll read some of this now because they talked about it. Um, some of the info here is that um, there will be no food or beverage uh, purchase inside. You'll have to wear face coverings. Uh, they'll have a screening uh, before going in. They'll also not be allowed to re-enter. No smoking. And the seating capacity will be 10%, which is what I had, had heard before. So about 1,700 uh, fans will be allowed in these last uh, you know, five games. So look for that. They talk about some of the other little rules there. But that's, those are the main rules. And, and we had one um, Instagram person, L. Klaus, ask us you know, if we were going to try and go to the remaining games. And uh, my answer is, hell yeah, I'm going to try and go to the remaining games. I'm going to try and figure out this pre-sale and, and see what we can do. Uh, he also asked about watch parties. I, I don't know if we're going to do any of those. Um, i got to talk some things over with some people and figure out some stuff. We may or may not. I, I, I don't want to do anything. Um, you know, that's going to you know cause concern or whatnot. But as far as the games, yeah, definitely going to try to go. 
Um, like I said, if you're an Orange Alliance member, look at that email that you got, check it out. And then uh, they also talked about the goals. The goals are going to finish playing in Irvine at Great Park Ice, but they will not have fans. So that's where we're at, Eddie, as far as the fan situation for um, both teams until the end of the season. Well, that's good news that the fans can return. I was kind of excited when that when that announcement happened. So hopefully uh, I get at least attend. I'll be happy at least getting two games in there. And, and when I'm at the games, too, and I'm going to sound selfish, I don't care. But I want them to win. I want the fights. I want the goals. I, I, I want I want them to win. I want to be able to leave Honda Center, you know, and, and drive back that home uh, knowing that the Ducks won. So it's cool. It's kind of weird they're not going to serve food or drinks. I, I guess that that's, that's not in California and their weird regulations. I guess the drink thing doesn't matter to me because I don't think I'd, I'd be able to be – I, I can't drink during these games anyways. I can't drink till probably the third week of May. So it really doesn't affect me too much on that. So – I don't know. The, the, the only good news is that we could be able to hopefully catch a few games and watch some live hockey because it's been it's been over a year since I've seen a live game, so I'm itching for that. Yeah, and we did a poll question on it too. I'm kind of curious to see what you guys out there thought. Um, we, we threw one out there on Twitter, and I, I was surprised. Uh, almost 60% of you said that you would go to a game. Uh, 29% said no, and then the rest, 14%, was based upon the uh, safety rules and guidelines that be in place. So that, that's where you're at. Eddie and I are in that close to 60%. Um, and then the rest of you, like I said, either fall into the no or depends on, on the rules type thing. So that's where we're at with the uh, the thing, you know, latest breaking news. You know, just got the email while we're recording the show. So um, check that out. I'll post some more updates on social media too about that. And and we're going to try to go to some games. And if, if we're able to get extra tickets, I don't know how it'll work out, but I may try to give some away too. I, you know, I don't know. I have to see, like I said, I have to look into this and, and see what they're going to allow us to do and not do. So um, we'll kind of break in, you know, oh, actually before we go into the next section, you know what I also want to discuss that was kind of interesting was the whole thing with the, uh, the Bally sports. Uh, I'm curious what a lot of people uh, thought because it, it just kind of came out during these last games and they're now the ones doing it. I thought it was interesting. I know some people asked why did they do it now uh, with the Ducks season and the NHL season. And from my understanding, what I was told was because they wanted to get it out there before the baseball season started. So that was why the change happened when it did. Uh, like I said, that, that's what I've been told. Uh, I mean, they'd have to do it in the middle of some season. So, uh, you know, I guess they pick hockey, right? Because hockey's not as important as the rest. I mean, who knows? But that's what they ended up doing. Uh, and I, I'm not really a big fan so far. I mean, the, you know, the noise, the Fox Sports stuff's kind of gone, which I, I really loved and got accustomed to, and that's gone. And I don't really like the the score bar at the bottom of the screen. I think it takes up too much. I like the smaller rectangle that they had. Uh, for Fox Sports, obviously all the all the crews the same. There's no one different, at least for the Ducks. I, I don't know. I can't speak for the other teams, but um, I just thought it was interesting, Eddie, that they switched around. I, I'm just not really a big fan of, of some of the sounds and the graphics. Yeah, same here. And that first game too, their uh, the quality looked like crap. I'm glad they fixed that. I know a lot of people were complaining about the quality of it too. I, I thought it was just me and my Wi-Fi or something like. Or some, oh, I have the cable box. It wasn't even me. I can't even blame the Wi-Fi on that. But, yeah, I guess the quality was kind of crap. I, I didn't like it. And, I, yeah, like you said, too, just, just those little things that don't make sense. I already have a bad blood and bad taste for Bellies because they're limiting fans from watching it. Uh, they're the reason why, like, a lot of these streaming services that you guys probably do have, 
uh, and that that can't watch the games because of them. And yeah, they can sit there and blame all the streaming services all they want. But when all three of the platform streaming services can't get them, and due to contract disputes, it's it's obviously pointing back at them being selfish. And I know they have some partnership with ABC, I believe, and the, the Peacock service that they're going to try to. To try, to try to promote and they want to bring sports on there and hockey and bellies is going to be part of that peacock streaming service so i can see in the near future where if you want to watch ducks games you're going to have to have that peacock streaming service too so i just don't like where it's going and where it's headed and i and i can see what's going to go on already i studied this too so it's like i'm not just pulling things out of my ass i call it the whole uh, net or disney plus netflix and those streaming service gonna start just releasing shows weekly, so you can keep your membership. And I, I can see where this is headed with Bellies, and I'm not a fan of it. And honestly, I hope they fumble, and I hope they fail, and I hope another service picks it up, and it's it's accessible for all fans to watch, regardless of what service they have or not. That's just my take on it. Yeah, and that part I didn't know. You just told me about that before we recorded the show, and I mean, I'm getting tired of that stuff too, because a lot of people were complaining um, about where they could watch the games this year. You know, I mean, I, I'm fortunate I have it through my cable provider, but I know not everybody else does. So uh, some people, they uh, look for our videos that we post, uh, you know, the different goals and fights and whatnot on social media so they can see the stuff at least. And that's unfortunate. You know, it, it should be for the fans. I, I just don't understand the stuff. And they, they're doing this with other things, too. You've seen that in baseball and basketball where certain channels have it. And then you could watch on this. You pay this or that. I just it's just a shame. It's just getting lost in that. So. It's unfortunate. So, but that's that's who they're going to be uh, at least for the, you know the rest of the duck season. Um, so, if you have any opinions on that, I, I, you know you can always weigh in and, and send us a DM or let us know because I had a few of you already messaged me uh, upset about it. So, now the other big part coming up is in this next week, of course, is the trade deadline. We talked about it on the last show. Things have maybe changed a little bit, I think, in the duck situation now because of injuries. But uh, I, I picked. The top three people I think that the Ducks would likely trade. And it's a little bit different from what we've talked about. But I, I went with uh, number one. Not a big surprise. You guys probably already know it as Heinen again. I still see him as being uh, you know, probably number one person that could be traded. He played in 17 of the first 18 games. Now he's only played in 10 of the last 21. And I think it would have been less games um, had some other players not have been hurt because now we've seen um, Raquel out, seen Steele out. You know, we've seen some of these guys, Getzloff out. You know, they're having to fill in some of these spots and now Zegras going down um, to the goals. So he's still my number one. And then this one's kind of a toss-up. Eddie and I went back and forth between number two and three was between Manson and Silverberg. We, we talked about Silverberg and his issue with his contract. Um, so the, the Ducks would have to retain some salary. Uh, you know, his name's been thrown out there. Uh, Manson, you'll remember, he was on the athletic trade list number four. He's been back and playing, um, as we talked about, being that stay-home defenseman or right-handed shot. He still has a decent contract with one year left, which would, you know, make him, uh, you know, interesting for some people. And that's we had a fan question on that, um, too, uh, from Pablo Fear. He you know, said, is it time for Manson to leave? Uh, the next draft, the Ducks get maybe another defenseman. Uh, that's possible. I mean, I, I like what I've seen with Drysdale and how he's come up and played. Um, but Lindholm's been out too for a while. So, I mean, maybe the Ducks do pull the trigger on Manson and try and trade him. I, I think he still has value and he's one that he can throw out there. But these are the top three 
uh, just right now, uh, I, and we'll get to Raquel in a minute, but these are the three that I, I would probably keep my eye on the most, Eddie. I, I think you have Manson second and Silverberg third, but what do you think about these three? Yeah, I, I'm, well, I'm with you with Heinen. I'm for sure, don't count on him. Don't buy a Heinen jersey. I don't think he'll be, I'm surprised he's still with the Ducks, to be honest, but come next week, I don't think he'll be a Ducks player anymore. I, I, and I don't know what happened with him. I had some high hopes on him. I thought he was going to work out, play that, that kind of two-way game defensively, uh, that, that defensive-minded offensive player. But it just something happened where he just didn't really get that good of a look, and it seemed at times where he wasn't just – he was just being scratched more than, than he should have. But, uh, yeah, I'm for sure thinking that, that he's gone regardless. But the whole, like, Silverberg and Manson at two and three, I, I would put Manson uh, at two – I think he's more valuable. He's that, that, that right-handed shot defenseman. Teams know what he's capable of. And he's a kind of like physical player you're going to want uh, come playoffs when you're grinding it out with the team. He'll be there to stick up for, for your team. He'll clear the traffic in front of the net. And he'll just be that physical presence that has that skill to be that, that stay-at-home stay defenseman that, that can move pretty decently. So I think he, he'd be number two. And I think the only reason why, too, Silverberg hasn't been playing well. And who knows if maybe a change of scenery will kind of you know sh- you know kind of shoot his his value up and he'll start scoring more but is that really gonna a chance that the teams really want to take with with his contract I, I don't think so especially with the cap being flat for the next few seasons so I think that Manson will be like if it if any of these two traded he'd be number two to be gone yeah and like you said uh, obviously with uh, Silverberg the issue is uh, you know retaining the salary um, that's also the issue with Henrique uh, I, I still kind of had him on our list uh, on the radar. I mean, um, he's playing better, but uh, he has that big contract too, like Silverberg. So that's going to be an issue. If the Ducks are going to move either one of those, that's still going to be a concern. The the one that's really a big question mark to me now, um, Eddie, is, is Raquel because he's gone out injured. He was put on the IR. Um, you know, he has been skating. That was the latest update we got from uh, Aikens. And he's been out. Uh, his last game was March 28th against St. Louis. So I really don't know what to expect with Raquel coming up to this trade deadline. I think, for you know, like two weeks ago, he was like the talk of the town, was on fire. They were talking about uh, Toronto and Calgary and all these other teams. And he seemed like he was the number one guy to be traded on the Ducks. And Heinen was number two when we had been talking about it. But I don't know. I, I, I don't know if Raquel will even get traded. I, it's kind of... Uh, you know, weird situation. Having him hurt, not being able to play. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the Ducks are always pretty secretive about the injuries, though, too. So we don't know how bad it is or how bad it really isn't. But, I, I mean, I think they'll still get phone calls on him. But I think his value has gone down a little bit uh, just because of what's happened lately, Eddie. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Like I said before, if they were going to trade him, you should have traded him when he was on fire. You could have got the ceiling for him. You you probably could have fleeced the, the right team to overpay for him and, and get that, that maximum plus sum on the return for Raquel. Or even you could have traded a bad contract with him and still got something decent in return. But right now he's hurt. He cooled off a lot. It, it doesn't seem like it's one of those risky moves for a team to take. Or if they do, it's not going to be that same ceiling you would have got during the time he was hot. I think another one we haven't talked about too, Mike, and it just it popped into this my head because he's going to be a UFA, was uh, Hakapa. I think he's been playing extremely well. Uh, he, he's had playing some good hockey, and he's that big kind of stay-at-home physical defenseman that I think he'd 
he'd be great in playoff, a playoff atmosphere to be either that sixth or seventh defense in four teams. And I, I'm, I'm wondering if, if he'll be traded too, if the Ducks will move on from him or, or get something back from him and maybe he comes back in the offseason since he's having uh, some kind of success in Anaheim. Yeah, you know, that that name is, is a good one you bring up because it's almost like if you're not going to deal with Manson, right? With it, you know, because also he's got that modified no trade uh, clause as well, so that changes a little bit. I mean, it's not it's not foolproof, but obviously that plays a factor. I think you're right because an issue for this team next season is the Ducks are going to gain some cap space with, um, as we mentioned before, Kessler is technically retired; he's still getting paid. Um, Corey Perry, uh, they're still going to pay him, but it's going to be less next season. So the Ducks are going to get some cap space back. But then they're also going to have to figure out what they're going to do with some of these UFAs and RFAs uh, that they're going to have to bring back as well. So he may be one that you look at if you're going to keep Manson and not do anything. Um, I like the play of Hakapa. I think I think he's played well. I would try to hang on to him if I was trying to to move some people on the defense. The one for me that really hasn't worked out that well this season has been Larson. I feel like he's just kind of been up and down and inconsistent. I think Hutton, too, has been in that category. So those are a couple other names that I would watch. Uh, those are players that I might try to trade. I mean, Hutton's going to be a UFA at the end of the season. Um, so I, I don't know if anybody would want to take a sh- shot at that either, just like with Hockenpah, though Hockenpah's value is definitely higher um, than Hutton's. And then you've got Larson. Larson still has $1.2 million next season. He hasn't been playing you know, like I said, as great, very inconsistent. So I, I don't know if someone would want to take a chance on him. But those are two of the guys that uh, I would look at and and see if the Ducks would move. So yeah, if you're looking at defense, because we've been talking a lot about forwards on this show. If you're if you're looking uh, at the blue line, I, I think for sure you got to look at Larson, Hutton, and Hockenpah. Those may be people that uh, something happens because you know Shattenkirk, Fowler. They're not going anywhere. Obviously, Lindholm being out, he's not going anywhere. So those are some other ones that they may squeeze in there. We haven't really talked a lot about the blue line that much, Eddie. But um, if if Murray wants to try to move one of those guys, especially with the way Drysdale's been playing and jumping in there, um, Lindholm, um, well, we'll kind of get into the injury stuff here in a second. But, uh, you know, he's supposed to be back as well. So, uh, you know, just keep an eye out on those names too. I, I still don't think the Ducks are going to do a whole lot at the trade deadline. And if I am wrong, then great, I'm wrong. But you mentioned it, the flat cap, the uh, expansion draft. Um, like we said, the Ducks will get more cap space uh, opened up. Uh, with some of these contracts falling off at the end of the season, but then they also have a lot of people they got to bring back and figure out what they're going to do. So, yeah, it's going to open up, but it's going to get eaten up quickly too. So, um, those are just a bunch of the names. I don't know if you have anybody else, but I'm glad you you mentioned Hakanpa because it got us kind of talking about the blue line here. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I, I can't see. I'm, I'm sure Bob Murray will make some some minor moves like he usually makes on trade deadline i can't see him making any significant move and any significant move will come uh, days prior to the deadline uh, he mentioned before how crazy it gets and i, I, don't, I don't think he's he's gonna want to or take the time to to do that with the other teams because especially the trade deadline people are trying to get the most you know they can out of players they're trying to get certain players to fill the needs and every minute you spend talking to to x y and z you're missing out on someone else and then someone else makes a trade and it just it just moves too fast and it's too crazy for murray so i i don't be expecting 
the Ducks to make any crazy thing on trade deadline because if we had the last few years of the same thing. It doesn't really happen, you know, a big splash trade deadline. So don't be one of those people like, oh, it's going to happen. Or if you set your timer for it, you're waking up at four in the morning just for the see the Ducks news, you're going to be kind of disappointed like we were the last few seasons. But I expect, if anything, a trade to happen, a, a significant trade, not like a blockbuster, but maybe a significant trade to happen at least a few days before the trade deadline. So, but other than that, it's going to be interesting to see some of these other players if what we can get back for them or who knows, maybe he'll just trade a player that we haven't even talked about. That's not even on our radar. So we have to just wait and see. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think the ducks will be doing some things. I just don't think it's going to be crazy. I, I don't think, you know, anything, you know, like you said, you know, out of the ordinary, but um, you know, we had another question about this too. We had Jeremy on uh, Instagram asking, you know, who do we think uh, would get um, traded at the deadline? We talked about that. And then we also had who, who uh, Maverick87 thinks or asks, what teams do we think we would get traded with? So we kind of went over the players. And then as far as other teams, the ones that have come up really in the last month or so, we've talked about uh, Vancouver, right? They were connected to Heinen, uh, Toronto, Calgary, um, some of the uh, Canadian teams with Raquel, which, like we said, we don't know with him being on the IR and how hurt is he truly. Um We've had Pittsburgh being connected to Delorier. We heard about that. We also heard about uh, Buffalo a little bit with uh, with Gibson, which I, I you know we we've already beat that dead horse. I, I don't see that, but I'm not saying the Ducks maybe don't trade someone else to Buffalo. So those are some of the teams out there. Now, the Ducks obviously just traded with Tampa Bay. Not sure if they would do another one, but those are kind of the teams I'd keep an eye on, Eddie. I don't know uh, if you see anybody else out there that maybe the Ducks might try to work some deals with. Uh, maybe a team that's up against the cap, that that the team that wants to bring in a player, uh, maybe they can shoot the Ducks on a player that's that's expiring this year that has that high cap. Uh, maybe shoot a pick, a prospect, just for the Ducks to take that cap on, or, or something. But the I don't know. It's I, I can't really see. I don't know off the top of my head which teams the Ducks would go for. I mean, everyone wants to say Pittsburgh because of Burke. And he has ties to Anaheim, but it doesn't necessarily work that way. Um, maybe Columbus. They made a few deals at Columbus before. They made a few deals at Pittsburgh. Who knows? It's just going to be based on on what teams need and what teams are willing to want. I've heard too uh, a few times that Boston and Raquel, that Boston's trying to get that 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 top six kind of player forward. But yeah, it's I have no idea what what, what kind of teams they're going to go for or what teams they're going to do business with. So just monitor it uh, for now, and then uh, you know we'll uh, have a show after the uh, trade deadline and break it down. Uh, we'll talk about the league, too, and whatever else happens as well. And, and like we said, because we don't think the Ducks will do anything super you know, uh, exciting, which if they do, uh, you know, hey, prove me wrong. But um, as far as the team goes, we've got some more fan questions. And, and the other you know, bad part really about the season has just been the injuries with the Ducks. It's just been ridiculous now. Uh, you know, you've seen Raquel and Steele. They've been on the IR. We got some good news that Milano has been practicing with the team, but not in a contact jersey. We also got word that Lindholm supposed to come back towards the end of the month, so we'll see. I, I, you know, honestly, I don't want them to rush him. I mean, the duck season is going to be over in about five weeks anyway, so if he doesn't come back, I, I'm not going to be upset. Uh, but they were saying that there was, you know, possibility of that. Um, Getzloff still hasn't been practicing, so that's kind of the big question mark. 
Um, I, I thought the interesting thing that came up about Getzloff recently, Eddie, was we talked about the DFO podcast before on this show, and uh, Frank Cervelli was on there again, and he was talking about Getzloff and saying, don't be surprised if he retires at the end of the season. I thought that was an interesting comment because with Getzloff now being in the position that he's at, you know, he's trying to get those games played and those points and whatnot, it looks like he's going to be short of that. He's not going to reach those milestones um, you know, unless he just goes bonkers here uh, in terms of trying to get points and, and, and whatnot. I mean, he's, he's, you know, it looked like he had a chance. He was sitting there uh, really close, you know, at 980 total points. You thought he might get close to 1,000, but now he's got to come back and, and basically get, you know, points in every single game and, and, and then some. So what did you think about that as far as the retiring thing? I, I, don't, I don't see him retiring I, I mean, I, I don't think that would be the possibility. I think he would try to come back. Um, like we said, also the trade deadline, we didn't think he would get moved um, unless he really wanted to go to a contending team. And obviously him being injured too throws a wrench in it. But what about this retirement possibility? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I think he comes back next next year. I think he wants those records. Uh, they, they might not be important. They might be important. Uh, he's been... Uh, he's prided himself as being a, a player that's played that one that, that for one franchise, and it only makes sense he want to come back till he can break those records and and help out the Ducks and kind of just kind of leave his his legacy behind and leave that to the other players. Um, he's made over ninety one million in his career, so obviously uh, he's not going to be just coming back for the money. He's going to be coming back if if he can. If this injury is it's not something that's worse than what it what is being talked about, or it's not going to affect his quality of life. Or if he just still loves the game, he's going to come back and play. And I think he, he'll have a spot in the Ducks. Obviously, his contract will be completely different. It's not going to be that huge contract as uh, he's, he's coming off of right now. But I think he's deserved that right. And if he does retire, then that's his right too. Like I said, he's made all the money. He's put his heart and soul into this Ducks team. He helped the Ducks win a Stanley Cup. So it's basically you know whatever he wants to do and, and, and whatever's going to be the best for him and his family. But I think as long as he still loves the game that he's going to come back and at least, at least at minimum play one more year. Yeah, that's how I feel too. And, you know, like you said, unless there's, unless he's got a really bad injury, again, Ducks are really quiet about that stuff, so we're not really going to know. Um, you know, just hopefully he does come back uh, this season before it's over. Uh, we'll, we'll do a couple of fan questions here, and then we got some league news to, to get to. Um, we had... Uh, Draven underscore seven. He asked, you know, what's the most surprising good or bad player this season for the Ducks? You and I have talked about this before. We, we liked Comtois. He got off to a fast start. He's cooled off a little bit, but he's still been playing very, very well. Leading the team in goals uh, right now with uh, 10 uh, tied with Adam Henrique. And then he's also tied for the most points at 22. So we do, I mean, not, I don't know if necessarily a surprise, but we're happy with the way he's done. We, we talked about him being a, a, you know, a great player um, in the future season. So he's looked really good. Uh, in terms of ones that may be disappointing, I, I would say um, Sam Steele would be one of them. Uh, the other one that it started out, I thought he was going to be a good surprise, was Lundestrom, and then he's really cooled off. You know, he had that hat trick, but it, it's been like 16, 17 games since he's done anything. So he... I thought, you know, earlier on, I thought, oh, yeah, you know, Lundstrom's going to take off after that hat trick and, and be like a good surprise. And now he's kind of just just really hit a rut. So um, that was one. Another one, too, that uh, that kind of sucked is uh, you and I, we wanted Derek Grant back. And, uh, 
you know, he just hasn't played as well this year, period. And again, going with the lineup stuff, I don't know what Akins is doing, uh, putting him out there in certain situations. Uh, you know, we talked about it before a, a lot with um, Zegris and, and then taking him and benching him and putting Grant Delorier out there and things of that nature. And it's just disappointing. I, I really thought Grant would do better. You know, he, he was he was playing well last year and then he came on the team and I'm surprised. He's just not overall, not even the scoring. I mean, he's just not been playing well in general. So um, th- those are kind of the names out there for me that have uh, disappointed or not disappointed. It looks like, you know, more so disappointed this season, unfortunately. But um, uh, I don't know which ones that you would want to talk about, uh, Eddie, in addition to those or if you want to add on to those. Oh, yeah. Um, Comtois, obviously, he, uh, I knew he was going to have a good season. I didn't think it was going to be that good of a season. Uh, he really exploded. I think it was all that roller hockey he's, he was playing in the off season. <laughs> but, oh, but yeah, I, he, he was a big surprise. Um, I guess he's a, I guess he's the biggest surprise for me right now. He leads Our team leads the Ducks in goals. So that's good to see. Hopefully he just starts trending skyward and, and becomes a kind of – that top six that can produce because he's a physical player too. So he's that power, that, that power forward kind of player that I like to see. Another one that surprised me early on, and I, I think he would have had a better season if uh, weren't for injuries was Carter Rowney. I think he played some great hockey. Uh, hopefully he gets a good contract either from the Ducks next season, which I doubt, or maybe another team. They, they see his potential and what he brings to the organization and what he did. Uh, he, he was impressive for me. I, I, I honestly didn't think there was a place on this team for him, and I'm glad I was proved wrong, so I apologize for that. For, uh, but, yeah, and uh, as far as Lundestrom, I know we had, yo, hey, it's Chris mentioned that too, that you know he wasn't really producing as much anymore. And he mentioned, too, about Sam Steele uh, uh, being on the top line because he was a major scorer in the past. But that's another one that disappointed me with Sam Steele. He looked good coming in the first few games. He looked energized. He looked more poised. I know I made a little crack. He got a new number, so that might change a little bit thing. But he he looked really good, and I thought he was going to have a good season. And it just kind of cooled off and became a little bit more inconsistent. So I just hope these players can find a groove again, especially the ones that are injured when they come back. And they can use these games to kind of hone those skills and be prepared come next season. Because if, if come next season they're playing like this, obviously there has to be a major, major hole and something has to be changed. And if if you can't produce to your potential, then it's time to get packing and you have to go. I'm sorry, it's a, it's a business and the product is more important than, than the personal players. But it's just, yeah, those are the two that disappointed me and those are the kind of the two that are really, really surprisingly good. You know, you talked about packing, and uh, <laughs> this question, I, I swear it comes up every podcast. We had Zach.Vibes on Instagram asked, do you think uh, Aikens and Murray should be kicked to the curb? And, uh, you know, we'll entertain it again. We've talked about it. I, you know, my opinion really hasn't changed. Uh, I, I The answer would be yes. I mean, this is part of the issue, too, is, is these players aren't playing as well. Uh, you know, Aikens, I was kind of 50-50 earlier on the season, my biggest problem is is playing this eleven forward, seven defenseman thing. Also, not putting out the optimal lineup um, outside of that too. Even with the twelve six normal standard lineup, I just don't know what he's doing. He's not he's not putting out uh, you know certain players that could do well. Like we talked about, Heinen's kind of been cast to the side. He's not putting him out there. This whole Zegers situation is just. I mean. It is what it is until next season when he can be on the team and, and it's not going to matter next year. Um, and then you add in the injuries and that doesn't help either. But 
yeah, I mean, if, if Murray, my thing is Murray goes, then, you know, what's the coaching? You know, who, obviously next GM comes in, it has to be rebuilt that way. Um, I, I, like I said before, I wouldn't take Aikens out only because if you do that, you're still leaving Murray there. He's he's the, the major issue here. And I don't know. I think the Samuelers are just going to let the contract run out uh, on Murray, unfortunately. I, I, I wish I had something else I could say about it. But, I mean, we've talked about it a lot. I just covering it because we've kind of, you know, tried to not talk about this too much. But with what's gone on in the season, we're towards the end. Um, I think that's where we're at. But I, I just don't see anything happening with them Um you know, uh, until uh, those contracts run out. Nope, uh, I totally agree. Uh, thank you for the questions. We appreciate them, and we'll continue to answer them. But like I said before, and I'll say it again, I think Murray needs to go. And with that, bring in a new GM and just do a complete overhaul on the structure of the team, coaching staff, and everything, because uh, that that needs to happen. And no offense to, to to the coaching or no offense to the GM, but something needs to be done, and it needs to be done now. And the Ducks need to get back into their winning ways. And obviously, what they have isn't working. You got you tried to move around players that didn't work. You tried to bring in a different coach that didn't work. Obviously, there's something more, and I think it's time for a complete overhaul, starting with the GM and let that GM bring in who the hell he wants to bring in and build the team off of his vision and not Murray's. Amen. And with that, we'll go to the uh, the last segment, uh, back to our league news. Uh, some interesting stuff going on out there. I'll let you take it away. Uh, the Mighty Ducks uh, coming back. Uh, I know you wanted to break that down. I haven't had a chance to watch it, but uh, w- what have you thought? I've seen a lot of chatter about this, Eddie. You know what? That actually surprised me because I was one of the people that saw the I saw the um, I guess the trailer of it. I didn't like it. I thought it was you know kind of dumb. I don't like a lot of the pandering that Disney likes to do. So I thought they were going to just gear the whole series on that and those weird views that they have just to appease certain people and not stick to the product of of a, not a good series. And I, I and this like especially rubbed me the wrong way because I can I can get over the fact that they do that with other movies. That's whatever. I just didn't want them ruining a hockey movie or a hockey series. We don't get a lot of that. It's rare. And a lot of people would be turned off if they saw that kind of stuff that Disney does. But you know what? I, I was proved wrong, and I watched the first two episodes so far, and I liked it. It, it was good. I, I liked what they had. It, it seemed like a really good, a cute kids, but adults watching it too. Like I, That's why I posted that thing on my personal thing of uh, Billy Madison sitting there with all the kids. That's what I felt. I was it, it, it made me excited after watching the first one. I liked the way they did it. Watched the second episode. I was still into it. They're a little short. Like a 40 minute and 33 minutes was the second one, I believe. I wish they were a a tad bit longer, maybe 50. But I like where it's going so far. And I'm looking forward to watching it again come this week. I haven't checked it out yet. So I will have to check it out and see. I can't weigh on it yet. So, um, But it sounds good. Uh, And anything with Mighty Ducks is always good. So um, Eddie will definitely keep us updated if I don't get around to it. But... uh, what about uh, so we had some news in women's hockey, Eddie? Yeah, congratulations to the Boston Pride on winning the 2021 Isabel Cup. So congratulations to them. Unfortunately, I just, my schedule has been extremely hectic, so I didn't get to watch that. I'll probably go check out some highlights. I know I, I really wanted to watch that to support women's hockey, but I, I, what I'm doing right now at work and then my, my physical fitness goals, which are taking a lot out of me. So the, the little free time I had, I've been trying to – kind of go out and get my mind a little bit of rest from hockey and from working out just to go out on some dates or go out with some friends have dinner 
just kind of get my mind kind of reset so I can keep that fire of motivation up. But so I plan to check out the highlights, but I do support women's hockey and congratulations to them on winning the Isabel Cup. Yeah, absolutely. I, I haven't had a chance either. You and I have both had some crazy, crazy schedules this year, which is kind of funny because I had was reading some uh, critiques about our show, and, and that was one of the things is that uh, they wanted a more uh, consistent schedule. And I, I just I, I, I apologize to anybody for that. We just had a crazy this, – this run has just been weird. I'd like to get back to the normal weekly thing that we were doing every time. But we, we're trying to, trying to stay on, I guess, a, every eight- or nine-day type schedule, unfortunately. But I know for next season we're definitely going to try to get back to – um, you know, every Sunday or Monday or something like that. Eddie and I will get it figured out, especially when hopefully next season's a little bit more normal. So, you know, there's some of that uh, going on as well. But uh, we, uh, you know, the competing, uh, I guess, for the first round draft pick with the Buffalo Sabres has been going on. And um, Buffalo finally won a game there, Eddie. Uh, we need them to win some more, right? So that we could get that first round draft pick. And then, like we said, ha- have an even more exciting season next year. Yeah, they finally broke their 18th consecutive losing streak when they beat the Philadelphia Flyers in that second game. Everyone thought they were going to beat it that first game, but then the Flyers came back and ended up beating them. That That's just sad. They have a, a g- generational player like Jack Eichel over there, and they and they have they have some good legitimate superstars on their team on, on the back end. I think their weakest part of their team is their goaltending, but obviously with the 18-game consecutive losing streak, it's just horrible. You know what? This is it's an embarrassment. It's sad. Like giving Jeff Skinner that that huge contract because he had that one good year. I I, I just he's not an eight million dollar player, and I, I the, the it just this is like yeah. I know Ducks are horrible. I know everyone hates Murray, but I'd rather have Murray than any part of what's going on in Buffalo because that's just a big shit show. And I definitely glad that I'm not part of it. I feel extremely bad for their fans because that. Is some terrible hockey to watch. I don't even think you can pay me to attend a Sabres game uh, if they're playing themselves. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's the only way. Yeah, I mean that's that's I guess one thing you can say is, hey, at least we're not Buffalo. You know, Anaheim fans, if you're you're out there and you're upset about this season, uh, things could be worse, right? It was just like Detroit last uh, season when we were talking about this kind of stuff. So um, I still think that's a team to watch, though, come the trade deadline, even if it's not with the Ducks. Like we said, we, they've, they've hit up the Ducks about Gibson before, but I think that's a team uh, to see what they're going to do. Um, then well, then we had some stuff with uh, refereeing and officiating come up too here lately, Eddie. Um, some superstar treatment and uh, some, some, I guess, makeup call type things that got around in the NHL. You want to break those down a little bit? Yeah, I'll start off with the with the referee situation. Tim Peel was caught uh, on a hot mic uh, giving a makeup penalty against Nashville, and it was quote him saying, "It wasn't much. I wanted to get an effing penalty against Nashville early in the game." Um, okay, obviously he didn't say effing. I just used up my one curse word for the show, so I couldn't say the f word. So um, yeah, he got caught. It happens all the time. Uh, he's he was gonna retire anyways this season, so they just kind of took him off, saying he's not gonna officiate any games anymore. It's kind of an early retirement for him. I know it wasn't a big deal, and it happens all the time, but the officiating has been absolute horse crap. So it's like kind of glad that they took him off and had some kind of action. Like I don't know what is it with these referees, and and it, it's so frustrating. Like they they prematurely stop fights. It just let them go. They give Henrique and the other player matching minors for those little love taps like this is freaking hockey and you're just kind of ruining this 
sport by watering it down. And and when they prematurely come and stop these fights, it, it's it, it's gonna happen. Like walk my words, it's gonna happen. They're gonna try to jump in when these two guys are fighting each other, and they're gonna get knocked out unconscious. And it's sad to say that someone's gonna be that injured and hurt over their own stupidity. But I'm gonna laugh. Let them go. You're two grown men that are willing to to engage in a physical confrontation but willingly. Just let them go. Let them fight. Once they're done, then jump in there. But these refs just want to just jump in there and be. Like Superman, and, and I, I don't know. Maybe the league is pressuring down on them. I, I I don't know. I don't care. They're their own people. They can make their own decisions. I've seen some referees let people go. I've seen Ryan Reeves tell referees not you know not to interject, and they listen. So him getting caught like this, haha, good job. I just you guys are crap. You guys are trash. You guys irritate me. Not just against the Ducks, but all the other teams I watch. So I wasn't really uh, mad about seeing him go. Yeah, I, I, he's not been one of the favorites. Uh, our, our boy, uh, Brian, that does refuse suck, he, I remember he would make up funny memes about Tim Peel and all his things and, and whatnot. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I didn't really think it was that big of a deal. I mean, I know maybe dropping the F-bomb and whatnot, but um, the I mean, refs will do makeup calls and things like that. And I mean, I don't know. That doesn't bother me so much as more of the other stuff you talked about, Eddie. I, I don't like them intervening on the fights early, like you said, because they might get an elbow when someone's trying to swing, right, uh, as they're winding up, or they might get a fist or something, or maybe they go down to the ice when the players go down to the ice and could get injured. You know, we've seen that uh, happen before, too. So th- that's one thing I don't like. And then, of course, like you said, the ticky tack stuff. Uh, and we've seen that too uh, with some of these games with the Ducks. And I, I'm not just trying to say it because we're Ducks fans, but you know, you see some of these calls, and you're just sitting there shaking your head uh, at some of these things. And then you remember uh, Raquel got whacked in the uh, the face earlier this season, and then nothing. There was no call. Um, so there's stuff like that that goes on. I mean, they they're human. They miss stuff, but I, I really I just didn't think it was a big deal um, in like this specific situation. Um, but refs do have biases. There's some refs that don't like certain teams. Uh, it's been documented out it's there. It's human nature. It's yeah. human nature. You're going to have that bias. You're just like me. It's just, I, I generalize one incident that happened to me in Colorado, and I generalize that with all Minnesota. And that's why I hate Minnesota so freaking much. Now, it's just by one a-hole person I got in a confrontation with, but I just don't have that. Just, I, and I try not to, but it's just I have that bias against them. I don't like that team. I, I don't like that team at all, period, because of that one incident. And it's just a human nature. An incident that happened, one of the players mouthed off the wrong way, said something, and the ref just remembers it. Even if the player doesn't play on the team, there's always that one bad experience. It's always going to just make you not like that team or make the littlest things irritate you more about specific teams than the others. Yeah, and you remember the Ducks were kind of in that doghouse for a while because Tamu would yell at the refs, right? Getzloff would yell at the refs. Other players, Perry, you know, people, were, they would always yell at the refs. And then it was like, oh, here comes, you know, uh, two-minute unsportsmanlike, uh, you know, against one of the Ducks. Or, up oh, ten-minute uh, game misconduct. And you're like, you know, really, man? Like, you made a bad call. You you can't yell at them for that? And then it's, oh, you get another penalty now? And, I mean, the, I remember the Ducks used to snowball some of those times. And uh, it didn't work out right. But these refs have biases. Uh, and you're right. Like, if I was... A ref man, I, I remember back in the day when we were playing Detroit, there were fights when the Detroit fans were at the Honda Center. 
And I couldn't stand their fans. And I couldn't stand the Kings fans. I, I mean, back then when, when they were all tough and fighting, if I was a ref, I'd call every damn penalty I could on Detroit and L.A. I couldn't stand those two teams and their fan bases. And it was just horrible. You'd come to games and it wouldn't be fun. And, and I mean, it's another topic. But, you know, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal, honestly. I, I mean, I'm glad, though, that they did take action to do it because you can't just have them out there saying, you know, dropping F-bombs and then saying, oh, well, I'm just going to call a penalty on this team because that's what I wanted to do. It's like, okay, dude, like you're, you're taking it a little bit too much here. Like, yeah, maybe you're making up a call here or there, but to kind of like specifically do that and say it, it, it just kind of, it, it basically put the NHL in a position where they had to do something. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like I said, it, it happens all the time. It's going to continue to happen, but guys, I guess out of sight, out of mind, they, you don't, hear it on national tv and then i think it was an abc or nbc game too so it makes it even worse but you know he's gone Uh, he was gonna retire anyways he's still gonna make his salary i'm assuming so it's kind of just he gets an early retirement so and what did you think you were talking about some of these other calls with the superstar treatment what did you think about uh that with the refs I think Connor McDavid got a, a got away with a little bit of a nasty elbow, and it seemed like it was frustration got to him. I get it. A lot of people take wax at him because he's a he's probably one of the argument like the the number two or if not number one player in the whole league. But I just him to get a five thousand dollar fine that, that was just kind of just a league protecting their superstars. I'm I'm assuming if a player like Tom Wilson, Ryan Reeves, or one of those players that had issues before, or one of those kind of tougher players did it. Uh, it'd be a suspension for sure, but it's Connor McDavid. It seemed like they kind of just took that bias and and didn't really throw the or anything at it. Five thousand dollars is nothing to him. That's just pretty. That's just a, a, what a little tap on, compared to what he makes. Also, McKinnon too. McKinnon probably my one of my favorite players in the league. And him, uh, he got into a heated exchange with Garland and and just uh, simply tossed his helmet at him. But it was still kind of a kind of a bush league move. And I think some. Uh, I know it just. The five thousand doesn't really seem like it's a lot for him, and I know he he has a temper. He gets heated quickly. I think it was just kind of a crap for thing for him to do. I think there should have been some kind of more supplemental punishment, but just a five thousand dollar fine. Um, yeah, I, I I don't want to be biased to say like oh well you know it's just a toss, but still if it was any other different team, a different player did that, or if they did it against the Ducks, then I'd be having a different thing. So I'm gonna stick to that. I, I think that. The league needs to make these punishments more fair for everyone and not just target certain players and other players can get away with things. We all know Sidney Crosby was their golden child for a while and he got away with a lot of things in the past. Uh, I remember him getting uh, getting using his stick blade or stick yeah his blade to hit uh, Peter Forsberg right in the face and nothing really happened to him. It was just kind of like waved off. It's like okay, but I, I I don't know. I think I just want the, these these supplemental disciplines to be a lot fair throughout the league and not just kind of pick and choose on the type of player the person is. And I get it. If you have a history, you're obviously going to get punished a lot more. But that Connor McDavid one was nasty, and, and I'm that dirty nasty kind of loving that kind of style of hockey as long as it's a clean hit. And that one just intentionally looked like he wanted to use his elbow not to hit the chest of the player, but to hit him right in the head. Yeah, I I don't agree with, like you said, how the fine amount is the same for these incidents. I mean, doing a kind of a cheap shot elbow as opposed to throwing your helmet, uh, it's not really the same. (laughs) But, I I mean, I don't think they're ever going to get this kind of stuff right, even with NHL player safety, which is such a mess, too. Those dips? I call them dips. Yeah, (laughs) the, the dips. I mean, it's... It is what it is. I mean, they're they're not going to fix this stuff. So, 
Um, I guess the only last thing really to wrap up, kind of, kind of some some concerning news, I guess, also is the Vancouver situation, Eddie. There's a lot of players that have tested positive, and now, like, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with that that Canadian division and how they're going to work this out because they've got a lot of people. I mean, I'm sure some of them will test negative pretty quickly afterwards, but then they also said that there were there were people that were actually physically sick, not just a positive test. You know, there could be one without the other, and they're saying that there's actually people uh, not feeling well. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, I'm glad that the NHL split up the teams and the regions how they did, like we talked about in the beginning. But now at this situation, I I, I really wonder how they're going to finish off that division, Eddie. Yeah, I, um, it's, it's it's unfortunate for them. I know Canada was having a good track record on, on these COVID-19 things, and they just had a, a breakout. Um, I wish them all the best. I hope they can continue with the season. I hope it's nothing serious to any of the players or the staff or the family. And I hope they can figure it out in a safe manner and, and Vancouver can finish it. It's going to be unfortunate if they don't. So um, my thoughts and prayers are with the team and make sure everyone's safe going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully it gets all worked out there, regardless if they finish the season or not. Hopefully everybody ends up being okay. Um, with that, we'll wrap up the show. we got a couple uh, sponsors to talk about. Uh, we have uh, BuckedUp.com. You can check out. Uh, if you use the uh, code DucksandPucks93, you can get 20% off. I have not used the product yet, but Eddie, you have, and I know you wanted to share your experience about it. Yeah, uh, I, I use Bucked Up every day. I know it's kind of bad. You're not really supposed to have uh, pre-workout every day. But like, if you guys don't know, if you don't follow me, or if you guys are new to listening to the show, I, I weighed like 227 pounds, so I decided to drop down to 185. So I've been hitting the gym religiously. And there's some days where my body just hurts and I can't really function or move. And I use the Bucked Up pre-workout to get me going. And it, it really works. Um, I got to the point where I'm using the Bucked Up Block. If you really just need that like that cracked out feeling your heart out of your chest you just have to lift i use that there, there's other ones too that help you more a focused workout they have bcas which is hydration and help you kind of recover they also have this thing called heat which i use they're, they're diet pills or fat burners they help you just sweat it out a lot more so i don't like i i, I really love this product and i was using it before they became our sponsors and ambassadors so um, yeah, I have nothing but good things to say about them, and I'm uh, and they're helping me achieve my goal that I didn't even think I, I had, you know uh, accomplished. I remember when I came out of basic training, I was 178, and I'm nearly nearing close to that weight. I'm like five more pounds, so I hit my 185 goal, and it's all because of the, the, the bucked out pre workouts. And I don't think I'd be able to to get up sometimes and go to the gym or have that that motivation to go for a run or go for a sprint without using their product. So their product helped me a lot. Obviously, take it in moderation. Uh, don't uh, follow the exact instructions how it is. Take it. Make sure you consult with your uh, your physician if you have any like, heart issues or anything like that because it is a stimulant. It is high in caffeine, so it's going to bring you up. And if you guys have that any uh, weight loss questions or, or workout questions, you can always feel free to send us a DM, and I'll, I'll share my information with you. If not, uh, try it out. Uh, use the, the the code DUCKSINPUCKS93 for a 20% discount and free shipping. So it never hurts to try it out. Uh, if you don't like it, uh, you can always send it back to them, and you get your money back too. Um, like I said, if you have a journey that's similar to mine, I wish you all good luck. Even when it gets hard, which it's going to get hard, just keep, keep going at it. Good luck and get some. And, and another discount we have too uh, is at manscaped.com. Um, that one is just the word ducks and pucks all together. And that one you get 20% off and free shipping. Eddie and I have both used those products. 
And uh, for the guys out there, man, it's fantastic. I, I, I love it. I use it with the, uh, the guard on it to do, to do the initial uh, shave, I guess you'd say, and then, then take it off and then do the second shave. But uh, I love it. Um, they have a whole bunch of different funny sayings about like, quote unquote, you know, um, saving your balls and whatnot. It's very, very funny uh, the way that they look at it, but they're also doing it uh, to raise awareness for uh, cancer too. So it's, it's a good product all the way around. I've used it. Um, Eddie, I know you used it too, and uh, you've uh, re- highly recommended it as well. Oh yeah. I, I'm really, really into grooming myself i'm really i take what two or three showers a day sometimes especially when i play hockey that's just weird i I, we're supposed to do like a zoom show but i couldn't do it one day because i didn't feel i looked decent enough after work so that's kind of embarrassing to say but i'll throw it out there but i did go ahead and bought i bought more of their boxer briefs because i think they're really really extremely comfortable so i went and bought some of those and i also bought their nose hair trimmer because i was one of those people that would would use tweezers to pluck my nose hair, which is extremely painful, but it, it caused me getting like an irritation. It was pulling out the pore, or whatever. So it just wasn't, it was just hurting more than, than it was helping. So I ended up buying their nose hair trimmer and I like it. I get to trim my nose hairs, which I didn't wish I didn't have any, but I get to trim them and it's not, it's not causing any harmful. It's not hurting me. It's not using my pluck, my tweezers. But yeah, I would definitely recommend that. But uh, the the shaving thing is cool too. But the boxers are—I just can't stop raving about the boxers. The boxer briefs are extremely comfortable. Uh, I suggest you try it out. Like they're great. So there you have it. You have buckedup.com and then manscape.com. So you can use those code words and uh, get those discounts. So check them both out. And then lastly, we have our giveaway that we we're doing uh, from Mercury Insurance. Uh, they gave us an autographed Getzloff jersey and autographed Lindholm puck. If you listen to the last two shows, we had keywords that we gave away at the end of the shows. This is the one with the final word. The show, uh, excuse me, the word on this show is together. So if you look and, and go back at the other ones, there's three words. You put them together, they come up with a phrase. And uh, basically, you just email it to us um, at info at ducksandpucks.com. Also make sure you're a subscriber either on Podomatic, YouTube, one of those uh, platforms, or if you're on a bunch of them, that's fine too. The more you're on, um, the better. But uh, there's that three word phrase. Um, Once you know what it is, just uh, shoot us an email. We'll give you guys some time, probably like a week or so to listen to the show and, and, and put it all together. Or if you missed the other ones, so go back and listen to those. And then just shoot us an email, and we will pick two people. Uh, one will get the puck, and one will get the jersey. So thank you. We appreciate uh, you guys listening. Uh, all the good fan questions and feedback. We'll be back next week uh, sometime after the trade deadline to break that all down. So with that, let's go Ducks. <laughs>